0: I heard a wonderful story by a Jewish rabbi. He told the story of a man who was eating fish. How many of y'all like to eat fish? I used to hate fish. Now I'm starting to love it more and more. He was eating fish, and the person next to him said, you love fish? He said, absolutely, I love fish. And he said, no, he said, he said, you don't love fish. He said, you love yourself. And because you love yourself, you're willing to catch the fish, hunt the fish, clean the fish, kill the fish, and eat the fish in order to satisfy your taste buds. You don't love fish. You love yourself. And that's how most people are when it comes to pursuing relationships. You really don't care about the company. You just cared about getting a job. You really, when you were looking for a mate, you were really concerned about yourself. This is the reason why so many people get married and then they change. This is the reason why so many people, once they get someone, they don't value that person and they themselves change to be everything for that individual because they have something called fish love. Fish love is when you are willing to make another person lose out in life for your own personal gratification. See, you were lonely, so you needed somebody to feel your personal loneliness. So that's the reason why you were looking for someone. Most people date wrong. The whole thing has been messed up. And God has called us to switch the whole thing around. So I'm going to Say this statement that somebody sent as a question, and then I'm going to answer it through a little small teaching. It said, I'm not happy single, but I am equally unhappy in a relationship. Okay, let me tell you something. For the single people, you may think you alone, feel alone sometimes. Worst thing in the world is to be married and feel alone. Feeling alone while you are married is almost ten times worse than feeling alone when you're not. That's the worst thing in the world. You know, you talk to people that have bad relationships, been there before. It's the worst feeling in the world. Okay. so how many have heard that marriages are the building blocks of society? How many have heard that? I'm here to tell you that that is 100 percent wrong. Singleness is the first building block of society, not marriage. Being single is the most important state of human development single people singleness is the building block of society because when two individuals get married all they end up being is a sum total of their singleness and when they get married everything that they were as a single person will be brought into the marriage and in most cases you got one defect hooking up with another defect producing a defective marriage which then produces defective children some people think being single is a negative thing. What makes it worse is family members, church members, business associates, etc. Put pressure on you as well. They say things like, you're not married at. Some of y'all heard this. You okay? When you gonna settle down? My favorite one. You gay? <laughs> My second favorite. You know we need some grandchildren. Go buy some then. See, all of this stuff puts pressure on you for you to move forward faster than you should be moving in order to appease other folk okay so you must remember this if you are single and this is good for the mayor too is that marriage is not the building blocks of society single people are the building blocks of society okay and when jesus when god does something it's how he starts first that's the most important that's why for some of you that understand this bible says to be careful how you build upon the foundation that jesus christ started but it calls him the cornerstone it calls jesus the first stone out of the entire building why and he's the foundation oh here it comes jesus i knew it i sensed it y'all remember that song phil collins i can feel it coming in the air of night oh lord
1: I simply wanted to share that I, had a, I heard a wonderful, wonderful testimony. Stop clowning. Wonderful testimony um, after yesterday's teaching of a single person, and she said she felt so liberated because she does not desire to get married. She does not desire to have children. She wants to work her business, develop other businesses, finance the kingdom of God, serve in ministry, and serve others. She has no desire for marriage or children whatsoever. Now, there's a possibility that her desire could change in some years when she's, you know, finished her education and done all her business and pursued and traveled and done everything that she's desired to do. It could change. But she said, for example, she said, you have to look the way Pastor Otha wants you to look. You have to get up for the children You have to get up and pray. You have to be where he wants you to be when he wants you to be there. When the children need you to be there, you have to be there for him. She said, I don't. I can get up at three and I can spend three hours in prayer from three to six. Then I can go to work. I can then go work out. I can eat if I can cook if I want to or not cook if I don't want to. I can do whatever I like and I love the freedom that singleness brings me. And she said she felt really liberated because of society and how families and coworkers make you feel like you're supposed to be married or that you're not whole if you're not married. Mm-hmm. You are whole, and seeing this, a great time of self-discovery of who you are, who God has called you to be, what he's called you to do in the earth, and how to go about doing it without having to consult necessarily a spouse, but you can get your instructions from God himself. You can sacrifice the time that's needed to to go to school or to go to work or whatever it is he's calling you to do without having to work with another individual to do that. So I was greatly encouraged by her testimony. She, said she was so happy and so liberated that she can just... Be free and just do what God has called her to do.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing you need to get out of your mind is that you are not whole because you are not married. If that's the case, then it means Jesus and Paul weren't whole. And those are two individuals that brought it more in the New Testament than anybody else. Okay. So your marriage is as only as good as your singleness. Marriage does not improve your singleness. It exposes it. Think about that. When you get married, it does not improve anything. It exposes everything. A marriage will be a sum total of two individuals singleness. While you were single, no one knew that you didn't keep the house clean. When you get married, that is then exposed to the other individual. And when you were single, no one knew you had a porno problem. But When you get married, that's exposed to the other individual. No one knew how you really were with money. You told them how you were with money, but nobody really knew how you were with money when you were single. So when you get married, it does not improve the situation. It exposes the situation. And hence, you know, (laughs) like her grandfather told me, he said, man, at the altar, they look so good. You want to eat them up. He said, after you've been married for a while, you wish you would have. I never forgot that. The funny part about that joke is he was serious. He was not, he was dead serious. He was dead. He was an interesting, I love, he was an interesting individual. I really wish I could have got to know him more because he was very interesting. Okay. So when you get married, it exposes all of your defects. So in many cases, what happens is two defects marry. And what's worse is when you have two defects that are living together and not married. If you knew all there is to know about you like you know you, would you marry you? Let me tell you something that my wife and I tell married people. See, see, my thing is, my wife and I said something to each other yesterday. I said, "Leroy, let me ask you a question. She said, you think it's true? She said, absolutely. I said, you know what? I have come to the conclusion that our church might have been one of the fastest growing churches already. If I had just changed the message that we preach, but and she says, you're absolutely right. She says, because we preach so much holiness, we preach so much Bible, we preach so much word, we preach so much character for people getting their act together. And she says, some Pope, they just don't want to hear that. So they find another church that the Bible says the people would go to in the last days. One that would preach the itching ears, tell them what they wanted to hear. You lose people when you don't tell, the, when you tell the truth. You lose people when you talk about getting yourself together. You lose people. And the people you lose are the ones that don't want to change, which means that you usually are left with the ones that do want to change. Because one of the things that I tell the married people is, who are you married to right now? Now that they know what they know about you, if they had to do this thing a second time, would they do it? If the answer is yes, then you're a good spouse. If the answer is no, it means that you have been terrible. And that's just simply the honest to God truth. You bring to the table what you are as a single person. So stop concentrating on marriage. Concentrate on being single. One of the things that you need to do is you need to start reading Genesis chapter two in Genesis chapter th- Genesis chapter two, two through five over and over again. Everything about life can be understood in Genesis chapter two and pretty much Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter two, seven through nine. The Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Job down to verse 18, Genesis two fifteen. I'm sorry genesis 2 15 it says after this the lord god placed the man in the garden of eden to tend and watch over it but the lord god warned him you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat its fruit you are sure to die i'm gonna say that phrase again if you eat its fruit you are sure to die then the lord god said it is not good for the man to be alone I will make a helper who is just right for him. See, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have the right wife. I did not pick her. The Lord chose her for me because he knew that she was just right for me. But I also had to meet certain conditions. Now, let's read Genesis chapter three. Be the last passage that we're reading and I'll just share a few things. Now, the serpent was more. Sorry. Wrong translation. Now, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. Another word is, he was also the most slick out of all the animals. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any tree in the garden? She said, Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. That's not what he said. He said, don't eat it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful And its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was right there with her. And he ate it too. At the moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed thick leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Here goes the blame game. The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord looked at the woman. What have you done? She did the blame game. It was the serpent that deceived me. She replied, that's why I ate. And the Lord looked at the serpent. He didn't have no excuse because he couldn't say nothing. (laughs) Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, which means snakes used to stand upright like men, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman now he's speaking spiritually. And between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, now i my mind, you ladies and gentlemen, all of this stuff was the opposite before they messed up. I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth, which means she didn't before. Watch this, ladies. And now because of the curse, you will desire to control your husband. But he will rule over you, which means it wasn't like that in the beginning to the man. He said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. The ground is cursed because of you. All your life. You will struggle to scratch a living from it, which means he didn't before. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains by the sweat of your brow. Will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made? For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, because that is not the name God gave his wife. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 5 that God called both of them Adam. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, look, now watch this, y'all. God is getting ready to say the same thing that Satan said. Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. See, all false religions have a measure of truth. They just don't tell you what your end state will be as a result of following them. What if they reach out and take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden. He sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty angels to the east of the Garden of Eden. He placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. The Lord gave me a vision of that sword. It didn't swing around like we say it, like this. What that sword did was it stood guard like a man, and anything that approached it, it would then approach you to determine if you were supposed to be struck down. I can't you even say the flash. It was flashing looking for who might come a, 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 and, and touch that tree. Hey, it's amazing scripture. You got to read. See, I brought up some things that y'all didn't even know. You got to read that over and over again and things will start popping out. All right. Where's my teaching at now? Oh, there we go. Okay, hey. so there's something very, very important. The reason why I said that married people are not the building blocks of society is because Adam was created single, not married. Remember that the wife came later. So if marriage was the building block of society, then on the first day, God would have created an Adam and an Eve. He didn't do that. He created a single man because single people are the building blocks of society, not marriage. Adam was not even interested in marriage. It was God's idea. Adam was working in the assignment God had given him and was not thinking about a woman. But when God wanted him to have a wife, he handcrafted one and presented it to Adam. Adam got so involved, engrossed, and busy with his purpose, God said it's not good for the man to be alone. Like I put here, most women meet men in heat, not in purpose. Amen. Thank you, Sister Turnbull. As I said, Baptist Church, everything is sister and brother. I told them yesterday, when we went on vacation or wherever we went, we had to put our two cocker spaniels in the kennel for four days and both of them are males and uh, so they had never they've never been around female dogs before so you keep the dogs in the kennel they were up in there with all of them females for four days them dogs came back home so crazy i thought those dogs would be happy to see us they let them dogs out the cage i have never seen them two dogs act that crazy before in my life you know why they were in they they were in heat. The, the the girls were in heat, and I was like, man, where them girls at? Mm, where them girls at? Mm, where them girls at? Mm, where them girls at? As some of them old ghetto cabarets from Detroit. Some of them dogs were acting. If you had to play music to the way they were acting, this would have been the most common thing. Them dogs. That lady was like, sir, you might want to take them outside because they're tearing up our home building looking for these girls. Okay, but when a man is not, let me tell y'all something. There are a lot of men that, when they are really, really in purpose, they'll tell you, "I'm sorry, sweetheart, I ain't got time to go on a date right now." You know, but when a man has nothing to do, he's just looking for a woman. Okay. So, um, now this is very, very important. So I'm gonna just share a couple of things, and then we let me make sure that clock is not broke. Okay, no, I'm fine. Um, Jesus was never sent a wife. Because he did not need one to fulfill his purpose. Paul made a decision and he was so engrossed with his purpose that it changed his feelings. And he said, you know what? I have made a decision not to be married for the sake of the kingdom of God. And Paul saw things and said, I wish that all people were as me and remain single. So what I'm trying to share with you is about the importance of being single. It, it, marriage is not the building block. It is the uh, it is single people that are the building blocks of society and who you are as a single individual, because there are a lot of single individuals, they are so consumed with marriage, they are not developing themselves as single individuals and a marriage ends up being the sum total of two single individuals. Hey, okay? so if one single is at 80 percent and the other one is at 30 percent, y'all do the math because I couldn't figure it out at this moment. Okay? So one of the things for men, this is very, very important. Can I go deeper just for a second? I'm just go deep for you. You have to follow me. It's very, very important to look in the beginning to see the timing in which God presented a woman to a single man. Because how he did it will determine how he would always want to do it. One of the things about the Garden of Eden is how I many you know that many scientists or whatever are trying to find the Garden of Eden. They will never find the Garden of Eden. It will not happen. I don't want to get into a Hebrew and Aramaic study of that word Eden. It's a very powerful, mysterious, and and it's a very very deep word. It means many different things. At all, it means pleasure. It means atmosphere. Um, If you could really, really explain it, it would mean the spot at the moment where the presence of God is that brings pleasure. That's one of the definitions of Eden. And so the reason why they can't find the Garden of Eden is because when there was no sin in the planet, there was an open heaven over the entire planet, including the Garden of Eden. There was an open heaven. And because there was an open heaven, this is the reason why Adam didn't have to do praise and worship. Adam didn't have to pray. Adam shown up, didn't give tithes and offerings because it was an open heaven. So there were things that operated in that atmosphere. And well, number one, there was an open heaven that remained because Adam was in, 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 in obedience. And then the second thing is he was operating in his purpose. He was not at the end of his purpose. He was at the beginning. But since there was an open heaven between him and God, without a barrier, And he was operating in the beginning of the purpose. God said now that there is no barrier between me and the man and he has started his purpose. Now, as a result of what's going to happen in the future, he needs help. So we're going to give him a that's why every time the Bible talks about a wife, it always says help her. Okay, think about it. If you start a ministry, eventually you're going to need what? If you start a business, eventually you're going to need what? You don't wait till the end of the business of the ministry to get help. You get it in the beginning once you started it. So that was the atmosphere. We're talking about the difference between God sending you a mate versus you picking one. Okay, I'm talking about more here to men and particularly single men. Okay, so so because what happens is is that if you have a barrier between you and heaven, and you're not operating in your purpose, God won't send you anything. And because you have a desire mirror, you will then pick anything because God did not send you anything. I'm gonna go real slow. OK, so in that atmosphere, God said, now the man is ready to have a wife. It was never Adam's idea to pick one. It was God's idea to send him one, because how many of you know, folks? God knows exactly what you need at the moment that you need it. So now. When you go back to this account that we just read, I want you to help understand single people, why you need to embrace your singlehood, why you need to embrace your singleness, why you need to focus on being single. Because the false marriage told stuff up. What we just read was two individuals that were under an open heaven. No barrier between them and God. That's why when they messed up, said God came down at his regular time. No prayer, folk. No praise and worship to get God to come through. It says God came down without their permission. He was looking for them. Hey y'all, where y'all? At? We gotta have our regular hangout spot. Hey. So hold on. <laughs> it's too much stuff coming to me. So so what's interesting about this garden experience is two things. Everything was fine when Adam was single. When they got married is when the problem showed up. And you see two scenarios. She didn't listen to her husband and he didn't protect his wife because the Bible says Satan was talking to the woman. Oh, God, Satan was talking to the woman. And what did the woman say? God said, we're not supposed to eat the tree and we're not supposed to touch the tree. That is not what God told Adam. God told Adam, what don't eat the tree. But see, Adam did what some men do to their wives when they go to the wall. Don't be looking at nothing. Don't be touching nothing. Don't be perusing through nothing. Don't be glancing at nothing. Because we came here to get some toilet tissue. God told Adam, don't eat that tree. Adam told his wife, because we're going back to the wife helps the man, and the man teaches and matures the woman. And this is why single ladies, you want to look for a man that is more mature than you are spiritually. Because that is the role. And I'll show that to you with the last scripture. So they're in the garden. Satan is talking to Eve. Eve says, well, we're not supposed to touch it. But then Satan kept on talking, which a lot of ladies do. They keep listening to Satan instead of their husbands. All the husband said was, I need you to do this. Here you go with your justifications on why you can't do it. I'm going to just keep looking at my imaginary congregation on the back wall. They are shouting up a storm. A brother just said he's taking me out to dinner after this. He said, brother, this is about to be wonderful right here okay tells i keep looking at that clock I'm looking straight here I don't even want to see y'all faces right now okay so she didn't listen now here's the sadder part is that this whole scenario is going down while Adam her husband is watching it go down he is watching and listening to his wife Talk to a creature that is lying about God and he says nothing. And would you like to know why? Because God told Adam, the moment you touch that tree, you are going to die. So he decided to watch his wife and see if it was going to be true. Why else would the very thing God told you to look out for? It's there. It's talking to your wife. Why else would you sit there and be quiet? God told you do not touch or God told you don't eat the tree. You're looking at this being, this serpent, stand upright and convince your wife to do it. And you're standing right there and you don't say anything because he wanted to see if his wife would die based on what God said. He's listening to the serpent say that ain't really what God meant. So now Adam is even questioning it. Hmm. Well. If God created everything perfect, what does he know that I don't know? So he allows his Satan to be bait. It's a lot of men to do that. He allows his wife to be bait. And here's a deeper part. You want to know why Adam ate the the fruit? Because when his wife ate it, nothing happened. And the reason why nothing happened is he didn't realize that the seed and the glory was on him and in him. They didn't realize they were naked until Adam ate it, not Eve. That's the reason why he ate it. See, I'm going back in the time To let you know, you know, these little stupid thing got Adam and Eve, you know, with a little snake covering any private parts in the garden with an apple. You know, that stuff is stupid. Okay, no, that's not how the scenario is. They couldn't even see each other's bodies. You remember that open portal that I told you about? The reason why they won't be able to find the Garden of Eden is because there was an open portal between heaven. That presence was unhindered and it changed the way the earth looked in that area. That's why when they sin, the heavens closed and the glory left and they could see how they really looked. Because when they were under open heaven, they couldn't even see what they looked like in their natural state. There was a glory that was covering them because of an open heaven. That glory that made them look different also made Eden look different. So when the heaven closed, the glory left and the atmosphere changed. That's why they can't find Eden. They know the territory, but they can't find where it is because it no longer exists. Because Eden was an atmosphere that was created by being under an open heaven. Y'all following me? Okay, so, huh. so this is the whole scenario. Okay, so they are in this. And see, I'm, what I'm trying to get you to understand, y'all, is this is why you have to take such tender loving care when it comes to your singlehood, your marriagehood, your childhood, your parenthood, everythinghood, your neighborhood. <laughs> I went a little too far on that one, but y'all get the point. Is because if this couple messed it up under an open heaven. God got Adam got a command from God, don't eat that tree. Here comes this being. No, that's not what God really means. He knows that if you eat the tree, you'll become like him. And the sad part is that was that's what was true. He said, if you eat it, you'll become become like God to know the difference between good and evil. After they ate it, God said, man, they become just like us to know the difference between good and evil. So Satan did know something about God that they didn't know. That's why I teach you so much about the supernatural. Those beings know some stuff that we don't know. That's what makes. Adam eats it. Nothing happens. So then Adam assumes, well, I told him yesterday, y'all, this is called the canary principle. It's a mining term. Miners or in we didn't use canaries, but miners, they have to work underground, but they have pockets where there is no air. So what they do is they put a canary in a cage and they lower the cage into the mining area and they leave it down there for a little bit. If the bird keeps on chirping, then they understand it's safe for them to go down because the bird is still living. If there is no air down there, the bird stops making noise or they pull it out. Oh, this bird is dead. We can't go down. Well, that's What Adam did? He did the canary principle on his wife. Let her eat the fruit first. See if this, if this serpent is true. Y'all, this is, this is heinous. Y'all, I'm gonna see. see you know, God said this. Satan said this. Let me test it out on somebody else first. He tested out. And then when she ate it and nothing happened, he said, oh, Satan must be telling the truth. So that's why he was able to eat it. That's why the Bible says Eve was deceived, but Adam was not. That's what the Bible says. He eats it. It, Y'all, and then heaven didn't close immediately. What happened is after I ate it, God came down. You Remember what he said? He said, uh, where you at, man? He said, man, well, we were naked. And so, uh, so we hid. Two things that didn't even understand what it was. And God instantly knew what happened. He said, Did you touch that tree? And they said, Yes. He said, Okay, well, He sent a command, y'all, close the heavens. Now you are no longer under the blessing. Now the whole planet is under a curse. Not because the planet is cursed, that's just the automatic result when the heavens close. There was, we can't have a barrier between heaven and earth and earth is full of sin. When they closed the heavens, Adam, their glory left and they saw who they really were. You want to hear the statement the Lord told me this morning? He said, you ever notice that Adam and Eve weren't quick to have sex like most single people are? They couldn't even see their bodies. In the beginning, sex was the lowest form of pleasure. That's why they were so slow to do it. That's the next weekend." in. See, and this deep part, the Bible calls Jesus the last and the second Adam. He restored all of that. So we're going to see a theme through this is that those scriptures that I read in the beginning, if you're not seeking God and spending time in prayer, spending time in the word. And see, ladies, let me say this. See, and this is why you really don't want to be with a man that does not know how to reverse what Adam did. That's why we have praise and worship praise and worship the scripture says opens the heavens that Adam closed so if you hook up with a man that doesn't believe in praise and worship then you hook up with a man that don't know how to open heaven the Bible says prayer opens the heavens the Bible says that when we pray we deal with demonic spirits in the heavens and destroy them so that they can be open but if you don't have if you hooked up with a man who don't believe in praying then you hooked up with a man who doesn't know how to open heavens the Bible says tithing if you do it I will what open the windows of heaven But you were a man that don't believe in giving money to the church. That's his statement. But the truth is, you just were a man that don't know how to open heaven. So God will not send a man his true wife unless he knows how to open back up and recreate the atmosphere that Adam had before he messed up. Because that's the atmosphere that Adam had to attract a wife in the first place. So if a man cannot recreate that through the authority of Jesus Christ and learn how to open the heavens and now get back in the presence of God, as well as find out what his purpose is in the garden, then you left to picking a wife on your own because I'm not sending you nothing. Y'all see how serious this is? Yeah, it is good. But it also shows you how powerful God's grace and mercy is, is that we've been many a times doing our own thing. And it's God's grace, mercy and blood that has covered us. Yeah. But it's also the reason why we're so frustrated, married and single, because hardly anybody is trying to do it God's way. We're trying to do it based on how we feel. Y'all see what I'm saying? <laughs> Somehow looking like, man, you just singed my eyebrows off. And so now you understand why I made the statement. The woman was called to help the man with his purpose. And watch this, y'all. Do you know the Holy Spirit said this to me so strong? He said there are some men that their only purpose is to help their wife's business in ministry. Marilyn Hickey, Joyce Myers. How many times have you seen George Miles husband up there preaching? Zero, because his purpose is to support his wife so that she can have a platform.
1: Well, let me tell you how powerful Marilyn Hickey is. Marilyn Hickey traveled the world, ministering and smuggling Bibles into different countries. <laughs> and when that woman came home, he was called. Her husband was a pastor, and when she came home. She said, Wally does not want to hear about how many people I got saved and how many people got healed. She came home. She did his laundry. She cooked for him. She loved him. She ministered to him with her words and her body. She was not trying to tell him about her great exploits across the world. Even though he supported her and he loved her, he let her go out there and fulfill God's call on her life. When she got back home, what was her number one role? To help the man. She got home and she came and she served him and she helped him. And he continued to support her as she went out there to win the world.
0: I let me just say right here because let me tell you why she you're like, why she need to help him? Because y'all, some ladies, something y'all don't understand about a man. Men need peace and sanity. They do. So in order for him to be in a particular place, to be able to support her ministry, he needs that peace and sanity. So she can't come back home. Look what I did, little man. Look what I did. I made more money than you. I did more results than you. I did this. This is how women mess themselves up because That's they don't that. realize God put you with a man that can handle you making more money. Mm. I wish to God she made a gazillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> They're serious. See? And so this is what I mean by I had I had to really question the Lord and say, Lord, you have given me enough evidence for me to realize one thing. These preachers have messed this stuff up. And I was unwilling to say that at first because I was like, Lord, I, you know me. I'm like, i like, I can be my full pride to think that these preachers messed this up. And the Lord said to me, Adam. There are two reasons why people go to hell. The first one is because of what Adam did. Had Adam and Eve never messed this up, not one person would go to hell. So the second reason they go is because they reject the rescue plan that Jesus brought to get us out of the prison that Adam put us in. But the truth be told, there is no rescue plan if Adam didn't mess this up. So when I saw how, oh, okay, so there was the Lord telling me, oh, I got it, Lord. I got it. So in other words, then, if there are some people that are going to go to hell simply because of what that first leader did, then I'm definitely about to go out here and kill these preachers. Because it's preachers that won't be honest, they won't be true, all they're interested in is pimping their congregations, making a name for themselves, being on TV, being on social media, getting a Cadillac, getting a nice house, getting this, this. I mean, it's the same thing. How many numbers you got, Doc? I just, God, just asked me that. How many numbers there? I, I said, dude, I don't even know. That's exactly what I told him. And I really, I told him I really I don't care. I said, I stopped counting a long time ago. I said, that's all y'all consume with is numbers. What I'm interested in, if I come into your church and stick a syringe in your member, will the blood DNA say that they are dead or living? That's what I want to know. Care nothing about your numbers. That's the worth of a leader. As if Jesus comes down and sticks pulls out your DNA, the word that I put in you. When they pull the DNA out, is the word corrupted or is it what Jesus would have preached? That's how I create sermons. I look at it and say, mm, is this good? or If Jesus saw this mess, would he throw it in the trash? So once I got this revelation here, I was like, Lord, you didn't show me enough stuff. And y'all, this is the simple stuff based on January. I, it's, it's weird. But, but the Holy Spirit had to say Jesus had to deal with the same thing. Jesus comes on the scene and not one religious leader is qualified to be his disciple. Not one. He got to go on the street and start over with a whole bunch of guys that didn't know religion. And hand train these guys. And none of them are preachers. Not one. Not one of them was in the temple. Most of them are crazy. Some of them are criminals. (laughs) Tax tax collectors back there, they, they were considered like, tax collector was put in the same category as a pimp. Today. And that's no exaggeration. Hey. So, now you understand what I mean by to put up Ephesians and I'm going to read it. The woman is called to help the man, and the man is called to mature and teach the woman. Okay? When Eve came on the scene, what did Adam have to do? Teach her about God, teach her what God said. Teach her about the direction that we're supposed to go in based on the instructions that the Lord gave me. Watch this, you all. How many of you know? How many of you know that the Bible says that a marriage is symbolic of Jesus in the church? Right. Which means then that a woman represents the church and a man represents Jesus. Would you all agree? How many of you know that when it comes to the church, we're not maturing Jesus. We're not maturing Jesus. How many know Jesus is maturing us? What are we doing? As a church, which represents the female, we are helping Jesus. But the Bible says that the church is equal to Jesus. It says he is the firstborn of many brethren. It says that we have a joint inheritance with him, equality. So a woman is equal to a man. Her responsibilities are different. In the kingdom, everyone is equal, but your responsibilities are not. It's based on purpose. And the purpose of the church right now is to help Jesus. The purpose of the word is to mature us. That's why the Bible says for a man to love and mature and teach and protect his wife like Jesus Christ does the church. And the same way the church is helping Jesus fulfill what he did on the cross is the same way a woman is supposed to help her husband fulfill what he's doing in that household. Woman is called to help, man is called to teach. And I'm tired of both parties doing neither one. You got more excuses than a man in jail why you can't do something. Ephesians 5:21 through29. What's up to you? Yeah you can. Yeah, you can. It's the last word. Further, here it goes: submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Why? Because the church is submitted to Jesus. For a husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands. And how much? Everything. No, I'm going to make you say this. How much? Everything.
1: How much?
0: Everything. Put a little Kool-Aid on it. Maybe they say amen. Now that doesn't, of course, we also the Bible expects you to exercise common sense everything holy. Don't mean that y'all can go out here and now start a whole uh, weed company because it's legal. So a, where am I at here? Ephesians 5, 21. No, which just verse, seven, verse 24. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. To make her what? Holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. This is the responsibility of the husband to the wife. Now, there are a lot of wives that make this extremely difficult by the way that they carry themselves. There's a reason why the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you grieve Jesus because the Bible says the Holy Spirit would never say anything that Jesus did not tell him. See, so the same way a wife can grieve her husband and make it difficult is the same way that the church grieves Jesus Christ. and makes it difficult. Verse 27, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. So that's the end. But I needed to go back because... This is one of those series where it's forming. The Holy Spirit is forming it as we go. And I realized what the Holy Spirit was doing is he said, I'm going to keep you in the book of Genesis because everything is explained in the book of Genesis. And to help you understand now why the scripture says what God put together, don't let man break apart. Because when God puts it together, it was put together for a particular purpose. Okay. And and so as a single person, you need to understand now because there were a lot of single people. Y'all y'all. We had an altar call yesterday for the single people, and this is no exaggeration. 90% of the people stayed for It's like all of the married people stayed home yesterday. The, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you 90% minimum of the audience stepped forward. I guess the Lord orchestrated that because of what we were teaching. but I, and, and people were really set free because they realized for the first time in their life that it's not anything wrong with them because they're not married. You know, or the bi- biological clock has gone too far, and all of the things—it's deep. The single individuals are the ones that are the building blocks. Yet we make them feel like they're the scum, and it's the actual total opposite. Why do you think Paul said? Paul said, Paul said this. He said, "I really wish that all of you would remain single and remain like me." He said, "Now listen to this." He said, "But if you get married, you haven't sinned. Like it's close to sin or something." You know what I'm saying? He said, you haven't sinned. But this is the last thing he said. He said, but you're going to deal with trouble. See, and there are some people, honest to God, you're not going to get married. You know why? And you're going to stay frustrated because you never got close enough to God to realize that God never intended you to be married because you don't need a spouse in order to fulfill your purpose. Jesus did not need a wife to fulfill his purpose, so he didn't get one. Paul didn't need a wife to fulfill his purpose, so he didn't get one. Elijah and Elijah did not get married because they did not wives to fulfill their purpose and everything you all is about purpose if you get that window over your household open window of heaven open and you get in your purpose you'll be surprised sometimes how your feelings are changed and much of the frustration sometimes is coming from the fact that most people go to church they're not following their purpose and that's a very very dangerous thing and now you understand why Jesus said, many are called, few are chosen. The road, the road to destruction, why? The road to true life, he said, is very slim, and this is a very dangerous thing, he said. Few there be that find it. But today, I'm talking to all of the few. So, what we're going to do is we're going to close this by what the Holy Spirit said would be a divine reset. It would just be us having a single people come to the altar and uh, you were just going to lift your hands. My wife, I'm just going to lay hands on every single person. It'll go quickly because it was just I don't even know why the Lord wanted me to lay hands on people. I have no idea. I I don't even have a clue. Okay, and so but that's what we're supposed to do is lay hands on people. And um, 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 and this it would be you exercising faith for having a reset, a starting over. Because um, um, no matter where you are, no matter how you've messed up, it doesn't matter how deep of a hole you are in, when God resets you, He starts from where you are. You can't get this attitude of, well, you know, I've messed up so much stuff. You know, it's not based on that, you all. It's based on a starting place. There was a young lady at the altar yesterday that um, I knew by the Spirit that she was going to. Um, I knew by the spirit that she was going to uh, have to make a hard decision in regards to leaving a man. And so the Lord had me pray for her to have courage. Um, um, have courage, you know. Um, and, there's so, and let me tell you something. If you are living with someone you are not married to, you need to be diligent to change that as soon as possible. Either they, you marry them or you move on. Okay. And la- if you're a lady, the quickest way to determine that is you what you already out of if you're doing that is that is stop selling yourself short and giving the man sex you stop the sex it'll bring a great let me tell you something the quickest way to determine where a man's mentality is at is to keep your legs closed that will determine if that man stays if he runs now if he stays at first he might be staying because he know that you don't hold on to your integrity the way he does there's a lot of sinners that like to hook up with Christians or unbelievers that hook up with Christians or half-steppers that like to hook up with Christians. And you know why he won't change? is because you changed. You are the one that changed. You are the one that changed your standards. You are the one that lowered the bar. So when he saw you do it in the name of Jesus, why do I need to change? You always change it for me. And when he sees you change, then he still won't change because he knows, oh, she, here she go again. She's trying to do it. So I'm going to just give her a little bit of time, and I'll put pressure on her, and then she'll come on right on back. But you better be like that girl in that Detroit, that guy I went to high school with. He was a drug dealer. And that girl, she came to church one time, came to the altar, gave her life to Christ, went home and packed her bags that day. Moved in with her sister or mother. And the drug dealer came to church next Sunday, ran into me because we went to high school. He just I I thought he was in the church. He said, man, I just want to know what y'all told my girlfriend that made her leave. She was like she was. She said, she he, he said she walked in the door. Didn't even say nothing to me. Just started packing her bags. And when I asked her what was going on, she said, "I ain't going to hell for you. Bye." That's literally what happened. She went to another place, and then after I don't know a certain amount of years, the Lord blessed her with who she was supposed to have, who He needed, and they're both in ministry together right now. See, some of you are with a bum, but you're supposed to be with a business leader. I have to say this because. You have to be patient with me because when I'm talking, I'm not just talking to this audience. There are about three, 4,000 people that are listening to us online. So Lord has me merge over into that realm sometimes and say certain things that will deliver people because there are a lot of people that are going to be listening to this that are living with people. People want to be blessed by God while they're in sin. It doesn't work that way. God will leave you, remember what he said, to the f- bitter fruit of your own way. And the only thing that you get is mercy. Eh? So that's what we're going to do. You know. So if you're single... I just want you to come to the altar for a moment. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you. Thank you, O Father. Hey, hallelujah. Y'all step forward a little bit more. Got a little bit of room. Yeah, that's good. Right there, that brown line is good. That'll give us some space. Thank you. And if you're married, I'm going to ask you Or if you're in the audience, I'm going to ask you to just stand and just begin to pray for them for a moment.